five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. That was uh, Joni Mitchell, the hissing of summer lawns. Uh, not quite a uh, yacht, is it? It's well, it's a little on the on the dark side. So we're we're kind of leaning into uh, yacht war as the uh, time changes, seasons change up here in the northern hemisphere. I know that there are probably some people that listen to this. In the Southern Hemisphere, I know down under, people actually will watch the show and or listen after the fact, whether it's the stream or the podcast. So I never want to leave <clears throat> those people out of the equation. Um, and uh, they're going through their own season of change, aren't they? You know, there's a weird thing about this uh, this camera, this new camera. This is actually a purple shirt. And it's turning it into like a gray shirt, which is weird. I'm okay with it, though. I mean, it kind of works with the background here and the clock, doesn't it? I think it does. Got a clock image. I got to come up with a a yacht noir image. We had that wonderful on the dock of the bay image for most of the summer. I guess I probably discovered that about... uh, Sometime in August, either late July or early August, we just ran with that during the week. And it was I liked it. <laughs> it worked out really well. So I'm going to come up with a little bit of a Yacht Noir. We'll take the Yacht Noir voyage. We'll take that into uh, December, I think. And then we'll go into Space Yacht. We'll hit Space Yacht from December to February. And then who knows? Springtime? It, it, it might just be, I don't know, English skiffle music come springtime. Very limited catalog, though, with English skiffle music. How was everybody? It's good to be back. It's uh, Tuesday, and uh, it is the Monday for me here on uh, 15 Minutes of Flame. So I usually have a a day to rest up. And yesterday was, was uh, started off with one of those days where I was just loafing. Sometimes I loaf and I have to, because most of the time there's always something going on, whether it's uh, working with people directly or doing a podcast or being on somebody's show or working on material, whatever that is. It's always 
There's always something spinning, turning. So Monday, <clears throat> I just try to do as very little as possible, even though there's still plenty to do. And I was about to go down to the local store. You know how every now and then you have a hankering for something? Yesterday I had a hankering for a ham and cheese omelet, almost like a Denver omelet. I was having a Denver omelet moment. I know it's a first world thing, but I was having a Denver omelet moment. So I decided I'm going to go down to the local store. I like the local store here. It feels like an old country store. You can get pretty much <clears throat> everything there if you wanted to, pretty much. Some things you can't get, but if you wanted a skillet, you can get a skillet. If you wanted boots, you could get boots. If you wanted the flannel shirt, you get a flannel shirt. If you wanted to get a gopher trap, you get a gopher trap. If you wanted ammo, you get ammo. If you want meat, they have, they've got uh, steak and pork chops and bacon. I mean, you know, it's a real country store. They have a little bit of everything. The, the level of depth, not deep, but you're living in the country. So I was going to go down there and get myself some deli ham. I know it's pork. I still eat it every now and then. And I was going to make a, a Denver omelet. And I go out to my new car or my new used car and I go to start it and it doesn't start. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Well, let me put a charger on it. The charger didn't really work. So I'm like, okay, let me get a battery. And I have another vehicle, luckily. So some of you have even seen it. It's a, what do they call it? Chrome yellow, a chrome yellow Nissan uh, truck. So I uh, went down to the uh, auto parts store, bought a battery. And in typical Mercury retrograde fashion, if I'm not already on a Mercury retrograde wave, uh, they summoned the wrong battery. So I come home to install it. Doesn't fit. Uh, so then I have to go back and do it all over again. But I did manage to take the core back the second time. I made good use of my uh, Mercury retrograde redux. So that was, uh, that was my Monday. There was more to my Monday. And then as I'm going through this, this kind of crisis with the car, I go to look at my, my phone to see what the time is. And, um, and then I realized, well, I didn't realize it was, it was five after five. And I realized that uh, I, had a, I had actually had a reading I had booked with somebody um, and I had to, they reminded me, so I had to get out of my car world and then do that reading. And then I wound up returning the battery after that. It was an interesting, very mercury retrograde-ish kind of day. And I just hope, and I did, because I got back a little bit late, I didn't install the battery. So we'll do that today. And uh, fingers crossed, boys and girls. Fingers crossed on this because it was a little dicey yesterday. All right, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I need to talk about before we jump in to today's show. Some, there's something in the back of my head. Oh, Joni Mitchell. Let's talk just a little bit about Joni. She never got kicked off the yacht for me. Uh, I know she was part of that group of weirdos, Canadian weirdos, 
by the way, not all Canadians are weirdos. A lot of good Canadians out there. A lot of them listen to this show. And uh, a lot of them are really switched on and smart and know what the fuck is going on. Um, so not every Canadian is in the Canadian weirdo bucket. Uh, but Neil Young is one of them. And Neil Young, of course, led the charge against Joe Rogan and vaccinations on Spotify. And it always blew my mind that Neil, two Neil Young's kids uh, always get it mixed up. Like, I think that they have autism, but I think they may have something else. So please don't pillory me if I, um, oh, look, it's stigmata. I'm having a stigmata moment right there. Um, but he did do these concerts called the Bridge Concerts, which he would do in Redwood City at Redwood Shores. And um, it's an amphitheater. And the, the money from the, the concerts would go to the school where Neil Young's kids went to, which is pretty convenient. And um, I think that was a school for autism or autistic kids. So whether or not his kids actually had autism, they went to a school where uh, autism was something or autistic children were a group that they actually serviced, took care of educated. Anyway, I just thought it was odd that he would come out for these, for these shots and the shots being completely connected to this other world. Right. I mean, come on, there's no coincidence that once the, the vaccination schedule went to the moon, autism rates weren't that far behind. I'm, it's, it's not hard math. It is not hard math to understand. Anyway, he was adamant about getting his content taken off of Spotify. And then Joni Mitchell jumped in and she, you know, they I think they were, they may have been lovers. I know they're both from the same part of Canada, roughly. And they both wound up going down into the Laurel Canyon area or Topanga Canyon in Joni Mitchell's case just another part of the canyon so she jumped in and who knows who else jumped in but i never kicked her off the yacht i never kicked her off the yacht she's still on the yacht and of course like everybody else they quietly skulked back to spotify to make their eighth of a cent on every little tiny download or stream that they play and i guess I guess Neil Young sold most of his catalog. I think he's only in possession of maybe a quarter of it or something like that. And it's probably the shitty quarter. I probably sold off all the best tunes so he could continue to live his uh, lavish lifestyle in the uh, elevated plateau of the Bay Area, high up there on uh, Highway 35. 
just over overlooking La Honda. He is, he's got a big spread up there. He's got his own little private lake. So he needs, he needs to have that money to make sure that uh, he doesn't default on any of his payments or anything. So anyway, welcome to the show. Um, we're going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to take a look at uh, Georgia Maloney today. As you can see, uh, if you're listening to the show or watching the show, the title is Maloney Baloney question mark. And I ran across a video today, um, which seems to suggest that as short as a year and a half ago, uh, Maloney was championing the green passport for Italy and the EU. Now she may have changed. I, you know, people can change. I'll give them that, right? I've changed. You've changed. We can all change. Even Georgia Maloney can change. But I'm always uh, a little dubious about populist leaders that just sprout out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. Did you hear that speech? And, you know, it just gets everybody like all riled up. We get all we get all hot and bothered by the fact that all of a sudden there's somebody who is speaking common sense and putting their foot down against the uh, the nonsense pronouns and forced vaccinations and lockdowns and all the, all the uh, WEF torture and mind control that uh, they've unleashed on the world. I think it's interesting that it's a woman because there's definitely a formula for women when it comes to this whole like global leadership thing. They love, 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 love to insert women into the mix. I mean, look at the new prime minister from England, another woman, Liz Truss. And I still don't know where the fucking Angela Merkel went. I haven't seen her in a very long time. But they do love to promote women in the New World Order, the World Economic Forum. Um, I'm actually working on something. And I'm probably going to bust it out. I'm thinking, okay, when should I? It's kind of a more long-form thing. And I think I might bust it out at the event. I might save it for the event. You... The you event people who are coming to the event, I uh, talked to David the other night and uh, he's totally psyched. So you people coming to the event, well, you get to, ex you get to have exclusive content. How about that? So I'm going to hold off on my um, grand theory, which I haven't heard anybody come up with either, by the way, it's usually hard. It's pretty hard to find something that other people haven't already come up with. But then you get to this place where, all right, um, how long do I sit on it? Because somebody else could come up with it first. Somebody else can, could decode it before I'll decode it. And then what? Does anybody ever remember the person who came up with toilet paper after the guy who invented toilet paper came up with it? No, of course you don't. Honestly, I don't even know who came up with toilet paper. 
Um, but that's besides the point. So um, yeah, that that's coming. That's on its way. And I'm, I'm going to keep it under wraps. Maybe I could do a whole show like Biden and just whisper. I'll just whisper today so that you'll get my point and you'll, you'll, you'll strain to understand what I'm saying. I'm working on this show with uh, Russ Winter for Friday. And um, I thought we were going to talk about Freud, but we may be talking about something else. Anyway, I started to try to get into some Freud stuff, build on what I knew about Freud, who, by the way, common knowledge here about Freud. He's one of the reasons why we're in such a fucking shitty state. For, I mean, not now, but how things have evolved with the 20th century. So I'll give you the headline of Freud. When Freud was a uh, psychoanalyst in Vienna, uh, the Viennese would send their daughters to Freud because they were all depressed. They were all depressed and they all had issues. Let's go send our little darlings to Dr. Freud. He'll take care of them. So one by one, Freud, after talking with these young women, oh, look who's here. It's the Astro Cat. Come on over. Come on. Your loving and adoring fans want to have a little Jasper action. Thanks for coming on the show. It's always good to have you here. Look at him. He's a tiger. He's a tiger. You're a lion. You're a little lion. Um, so they bring their daughters to Freud. And Freud would, so tell me about your dream life. Right? He would talk to them and try to understand what was going on in their inner life. And almost to a, to a young woman, they revealed that they had been sexually abused in their homes. This is the this is the genesis of modern psychotherapy. So Freud was like, well, shit, I've just figured out why people are so fucked up. It's it's because they're being diddled by their daddies in their homes. And who knows who else? Uncles, grandpa, big brother, who knows, right? So he came out with his findings. And the uh, local gentry of the Viennese were, were pissed off. They were really pissed off. And Freud, in order to maintain his social standing, quickly had to change his hypothesis. So he searched far and wide for another reason as to why these girls were feeling uh, depressed and distressed. And that's when he came up with the Oedipal theory. He found the, the, the Greek myth of Oedipus Rex and the slaying of the father and the uh, unacknowledged desire to uh, fornicate, have sex with the mother. And so he changed everything. And then the Viennese were very happy about that, kept their little dark little secret safe. And so what happened is that a whole school of psychotherapy evolved out of that 
which is really deep cover and a deeper layer of denial. You've never, you have never been abused. Never. Nobody's ever, ever, ever abused you. Not once. Not once. You are a pampered, pampered pet. Unless you are. All right. So that uh, maybe we'll get into this on Friday with Russ, although I think he wants to go in another direction now. We'll have to figure that out. Let's talk a little true ham science. Then let's get uh, into my peeps in Chattaria. By the way, if, if anybody is in Florida, I hope you're safe. Um, looks like they're cooking up another uh, harp generated storm just cultivating it until it gets enough power to hit land. What are we looking at? Like Tampa, the Tampa area. So we'll keep our eye on hurricane Ian as uh, the hours unfold here. But if you're in Florida, make sure you're in a good place. All right. Let's get into the AS AMSR world or ASMR world of uh, true hemp science. And the beauty of the landing page. So I went to uh, Chris's storefront on Saturday on the way to hanging out with uh, my Matrix Masher, my Matrix Masher partner, even though we haven't Matrix Masher in a while, Emily Moyer. So I spent Saturday with Emily and Laura, uh, had a great time. Uh, but on the way there, we stopped over at Chris's place. And as usual, um, always a whirlwind of activity, sometimes in the storefront, but mostly what's going on in terms of shipping orders, because that's where um, a lot of the a lot of the uh, time and energy and uh, muscle. You don't really use a lot of muscle, but you have to use some in order to get the product out. That's where it's going. So Chris dropped in, and we had a great chat. And um, I think Dr. Joan got some of the moon dust. And I tried it for the first time on uh, Sunday. It was great. I really love the moon dust. Let me hear. Let me show you. If you haven't discovered said moon dust, I'm going to give you a. Uh, an bird's eye view of it. So it's right here. I, and I'm telling you, um, this thing, this this product does what it says. Clarity Moon Dust with CBGA, 25% more, 3,000 milligrams. Dust off your mind. Moon Dust for clarity. Add to smoothies or tea. Great for day use. Improves focus, creativity. May reduce anxiety. Uh, each gram, quarter teaspoon, contains 20 milligrams, 70 milligrams of total... Uh, Cannabinoids do not take past 4 p.m. This stuff was great. This was really good. I think we added it to, oh, I know what I had. I had, I had some kind of uh, herbal concoction that uh, uh, my witchy poo came up with. So that was good, though. I definitely felt it. It was like, wow, this is great. Some clarity, uh, calm. So 
if you're looking for a daytime complement for the nighttime complement, which is hands down the gummies, you may want to check out the moon dust. Steve Krimi's used it. He, he likes it. So here's what you do. If you're interested in getting uh, the moon dust or anything else from True Hemp Science, go to truehemscience.com backslash. Where did it go? Did I go into the right place? Oh, yeah, I did. I just went into the moon dust page. Uh, let me just retrace. Yeah, truehemscience.com backslash ref backslash 23 truehemscience.com backslash ref backslash 23 and if you get a hundred dollars you buy a moon dust you're up to basically a hundred dollars right there you get some th free product thrown in so that's it that's the deal add the uh, code one five m-i-n-s on checkout and um chris will throw you some goodies 150 dollars and more, what do you get? You get free shipping. That's how it goes. All right, let me get into uh, my pals. Oh, it's, oh, shit. All right, what do I have here? I got 83%, 53%. Okay, I should be okay. I did not plug my computer in today in terms of power. Let's see how it goes. I may not have to get up. And the hissing of some alarms. I was like that. You know, I got, I checked that record out from the library when I was a kid. And um, I remember playing and going, wow, this is really good. I like this Johnny Mitchell person. Okay, who else? Who do we have here today? Let's do a quick roll call. Uh, let's see. We got um, Fran, Ryan, Sony, the beautiful one, Wendy, Anna Sophia is here. My man Tom is here. Miss Nikki is here. Who else do we have? Uh, had a great chat with Mark, Mark Guest yesterday. Yeah, I know. He is not one of those weird Canadians, is he? No, he's one, he's one of the good guys. Uh, Janine is here. Hi, Janine Hucklebuck 411. Checking in. Oh, uh, let's see. Jay Kaiser, our, our resident goat, and uh, goat is greatest of all time. Checking in with us. I got a couple of copies, signed copies of Jake's book. We'll be giving away at the event in a few weeks. Looking forward to all of that. Uh, Michael Pafford is here. Looks like. Hi, Michael. Good to see you. Lots of lots of greetings, lots of hugs. Yes. Yes. The history of the summer lawns is, is considered to be dark yacht. Uh, Maurice 100 is here today. Uh, 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 uh. So not one, but two of my coffee pots have stopped working with no backup. I'm French press all the way, Janine. All the way. Oh, yeah. Our buddy Maurice is down there in Florida as well. At least he has a new and um, hopefully more secure porch than last time. Uh, let's see. Uh, who else do we have? Um, 
The hurricane is way down by Tampa St. Pete. Okay. Well, we got some people in that area too. Glad you're out of the uh, out of harm's way. Kelly B checking in. What's going on, Kelly? Uh, a good day to all vibrational signatures. I love that, Equa. Welcome to the show. Who else do we have? Am I leaving anybody out? Uh, let's see. Yacht and War. I think that this is, that th that fits the times. I would agree, Wendy. We are sailing into darkness. Sailing into darkness. I want some steak and bacon and maybe a gopher, gopher trap. That's where you go. You go get some boots and some slickers and what else? You can get deer, deer, deer corn down there. You can get a fishing license. Am I leaving anything out? You could probably get a, I know you can get a solar, um, a battery for your um, solar cell, which operates your ranch gate. Get that there too. Did I try jumping it? Yes, Tom, I certainly did. Uh, didn't sound like you. I didn't get the loaf yesterday. I went from loaf to toast. That's what happened. I may have to plug this in. Give me a, give me a second. I'm going to plug this in. Cappy carries here. We'll be seeing her in a few weeks as well. Okay. Jab and Joni. I know. I know. For a woman who's had to deal with Morgellons, I'm just going to get off camera for a second. I'll be right back. Oop. But you can still hear me as I maneuver my way to the uh, power switch. So I can plug this thing in. I know. You can stay here. You, can, you don't have to get up. Yes, I know. I know. Connections. There we go. Connections are made. You know, I did want to fix this as well. That's better. Well, are you going to help or are you just going to be out? You're good with you just meow. Meowing, there's a power in meowing. Yeah, I know. There's a power in the meow. All right. We're almost there. Gotta just take care of the uh, live set. I know, are you, are you doing the show while I'm not here? Okay, now I gotta move over. Okay. Scoochie, the scoochie. Oh. All right, I'm back. 
plugged in so we don't lose so much power, right? Thanks for holding down the show. You're a great co-host. You're like my Ed McMahon. Yep, you really are. I couldn't do it without you. The days you're not here, I only have half my power. All right, um, let's get into Miss Maloney. Georgia Maloney. Georgia. 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 Who is she? Who is she? She outlines her plan to unite Italy. She actually looks like an ex-girlfriend of mine. I swear to God. But she she never she would not listen to this show. I know that for a fact. But she is in the ex-girlfriend that I kept around way too long category. Way too long. She's part of the ex-girlfriend you stole money and time from my life category. I don't, I, I stopped making those mistakes though. It's amazing what will happen when you stop drinking. You make better, you make better choices. Gee, imagine that. All right, let's go into the Wikipedia. Um, she's a, she's a Capricorn. And um, her son is probably conjunct Pluto right now. So man, she's having a Pluto son conjunction moment. Is she not? Uh, so let's get into an Italian politician and journalist, a member of the Chamber of Deputies in Italy since 2008. She has led the Brothers of Italy FDI party since 2014 and has been president of the European Conservatives and Reformist Party since 2020. So she was crowned two years ago. Uh, Maloney joined the youth front, the youth wing of the Italian social movement, a far-right political party with neo-fascist roots in 1992. She became a, the national leader of Student Action, the student movement of National Alliance, uh, AN, MSI's legal successor, she was a counselor of the Provence of Rome from 1998 to 2002, after which she became president of Youth Action, the youth wing of AN in 2008. She was appointed minister of youth in the Berlusconi, the fourth cabinet, a role she held until 2011. In 2012, she co-founded Brothers of Italy, uh, FDL and became its minister, let's see, its president in 2014. She took part in the 2014 European Parliament election in Italy and in the 2018 Rome municipal election as a mayoral candidate. She was not elected in either election. After the 2018 Italian general election, she led FDL in opposition during the entire 18th Italian legislature letting FDL grow its popularity in opinion polls, particularly during the Draghi cabinet. 
in which FDL was the only opposition party. FDL was the most voted party in the 2022 Italian general election. So it's kind of like England in some ways. So when when you have um, somebody like Maloney uh, take office, her entire group or her entire um, cabinet or um, it, which is affiliated with FDL, then all, they just all move in, right? That's what happens. Unlike here in the States where you can have an American, you can have a, a Republican president and theoretically have a split house or, you know, I'm sorry, split Congress and Senate where nothing will ever get done. Uh, this is, I guess, a way to get things done. There's pros and cons to both, right? Uh, let's see. Right-wing populists and Italian nationalists or political positions have been described as far-right, although she rejects this label. She describes herself as a Christian and claims to defend God, fatherland, and family. She oppo- she's opposed to abortion, euthanasia, and to partnerships, marriages, and parenting by same-sex couples, stating that nuclear families are exclusively headed by male-female pairs opposed to the reception of non-European migrants and multiculturalism. She has been accused of xenophobia and Islamophobia. A supporter of NATO, she maintains Eurosceptic views regarding the European Union and was in favor of better relations with Russia before the 2022 Russian invasion of Ukraine, which she condemned pledging to keep sending arms to Ukraine. That's interesting. She has expressed controversial views, such as praising Italian dictator Benito Mussolini in 1996 and Nazi collaborator and co-founder of MSI, Giorgio Almirante. So Italy's got a really interesting um, past of advocating hardcore socialism and Marxism and hardcore fascism. They're, They're not in the middle there. They're just not in the middle. They're like, you know, very passionate about their political beliefs. Uh, let's see. Let's get into her early life a little bit. So Georgia Maloney was born in Rome on January 15th, 1977. Her father was from Sardinia and her mother from Sicily. Her father, a tax advisor, left the family when she was 11 years old, uh, moving to the Canary Islands. He's probably trying to get rid of the old tax burden. She grew up in the district of uh, Garbatella Garbatella, in 1992 at the uh, age of 15. She joined the Youth Front, the youth wing of the Italian social movement, MSI, a neo-fascist political party. During this time, she founded the student coordination of uh, Gila Antonetti, the ancestors, which took part in the protest against public education reform promoted by Minister Rosa Russo uh, Lervolino in 1996. She became the national leader of student action, the student movement of the National Alliance, the National Conservative heir of the MSI. Okay, so she's got some cred as a quote-unquote nationalist. Spent a lot of time uh, putting roots in there. Uh, In August 2008, she invited Italian athletes to boycott the opening ceremony at 
the uh, Beijing Olympic Games in disagreement with the Chinese policy implementing toward, towards Tibet. This statement was criticized by Berlusconi, as well as Foreign Minister uh, Franco Frattini. In 2009, her party merged with Forza Italia into the People's Freedom, PDL. And she took over the presidency of the United Party's youth election called Young Italy. In the same year, she voted for the decree against a decree law against euthanasia. Uh, sounds like she's got some cred, although the Chinese Tibet thing is weird. It's, a, it's kind of a weird, weird plank. I understand it, but it's a weird plank. Oh, uh, let's see. Leader of the Brothers of Italy. Uh, political positions. So she's pretty candid and pretty consistent. Um, what we'd call conservative issues. Uh, again, it states here she opposes abortion, euthanasia, uh, laws that recognize same-sex marriage or civil unions. At a rally, at the rally, uh, at a rally, the piazza at the piazza del uh, popolo in october 2019 she spoke against same-sex partnering her speech became viral on italian social media platforms maloney is also opposed to the ddl zan an anti-homophobia law declaring that in italy there is no homophobia uh, she had also said that she would rather not have a gay child during a uh, La Fene, is that La Fene? La Lene interview on an Ital Italian television show. So as a parent, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll have a moment of candor here. I'll definitely have a moment of candor. Because I have, as you know, one, one offspring who happens to be male. And you always think, well, what, what would happen if my if my kid said, hey, I'm interested in butt bongo? And, you know, the thought crosses, crosses my mind, right, or crossed my mind at, at various times during his, you know, formative pupae stage. And I have to say my, my thoughts around it were not politically correct. I'm just being honest. It was like, I don't know what I would do if my son came out and said, hi, dad, this is what I'm doing. I'm just being honest. And ultimately I'd probably, you know, turn the ship around because he's my son and you, you, you love your kid, right? You love your kid and that's, that's the way, it's the way it goes. But I don't know if it would be easy for me in that regard. Now, he is joining a fraternity, so I don't know what that means. I always thought fraternities were a little gay. So, I don't know. I'm not going to make any judgments about it. It's his life at this point. All right. What else do we have? She's got some criticism of Italian relations with Saudi Arabia and Qatar. Uh, let's see. She voted in favor of a military invention and uh, intervention in Libya in 2011. Uh, she criticized the French rationale for the intervention, claiming it was because Muammar Gaddafi's opposition to the CFA, Franck. So she has been involved in politics for quite a while. 
She's not a turtle on the fence post person. And this all seems to be pretty consistent in terms of uh, her positions. Maloney has a daughter, uh, Ginevra, with her partner, Andrea Giambruno. Okay, Andrea Giambruno. Let's look up Andrea. Not Andreas, Andrea, Jim Bruno. Let's just take a quick look here at her partner. And it could be everything that we would assume for a traditional partner to look like. There we go. That's her partner. And it does. He does. In this country, Andrea sounds, well, like Andrea. So do you want to see the lovely couple together here? Here they are right here. Looking as conservative and family oriented as you could get. And uh, there's dad with the daughter whose face is oddly pixelated, which I don't really get. I understand. Uh, there they are again. The Holy Trinity, mom, dad, and baby. There they are as youth. Look at that. They've been together for a while. Something a little frumpy there. So lots of uh, lots of pictures of them together with their child. Doing some selfies there. Got to do the selfie. Uh, there they are. Uh, Dad's got a beach bod. And he's got to have the uh, requisite Euro Speedo at the beach. The requisite Euro Speedo. All right, so there we go. Pro proof of life with Andrea. All right, let's keep going here. What else has she got? Uh, let's see. She said that she is a Christian. Not sure if that means Catholic. She's a Christian and has used her religious identity to help build her national brand. In 2019, speech to a rally in Rome, she said, I am Georgia, I am woman, I am a mother, I am Italian, I am Christian. In September 2022, she reportedly continued to embrace the old Italian fascist slogan, God, fatherland, and family. Uh, she resents being linked to Italy's fascist past. Maloney is an avowed fan of fantasy, particularly J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, which she called a sacred text. As a youth activist with the Italian social movement, she attended Hobbit camp. You can add that to her credentials. Hobbit camp. And sang along with the extremist folk band, Compagna della Agnello. 
named after the Fellowship of the Ring. Later, she named her political conference uh, Treju after the hero of the novel, The Never-Ending Story. The Italian far-right has traditionally associated itself with fantasy, which it considers to share its vision of spirituality against materialism. You have to kind of, you know, hand it to this person for being consistent um, for a very long time. She'll officially assume office on the 29th of September. So that's right around the corner. And uh, she's had her feet, in the, feet firmly planted in the conservative camp for a while. Uh, here's another interesting piece. Let me throw it back up here on the screen. And we'll try to go a few levels deeper here. On the 30th of January, 2016, she participated in the Family Day, an anti-LGBT rights demonstration, declaring herself against LGBT adoption. At the same Family Day, she announced that she was pregnant. Her daughter, Genova, was born on 16 September in uh, 2016. The 2016 Rome municipal election, she ran for mayor with support of Us with Salvini, a political party led by Matteo Salvini in opposition to the candidate, supported by Berlusconi's Forza Italia. Maloney won 20.6% of the vote, almost twice that of FI's candidate. She did not qualify for the runoff, while FDL obtained 12.3% of the vote during the 2016 Italian constitutional referendum on the reform promoted by Renzi's government. Maloney found the no thanks committee, participated in numerous television debates, including one against then Prime Minister Matteo Renzi. As no one with almost 60% of the votes, Maloney called for snap elections. When Renzi uh, resigned, she withheld confidence from the next government led by Paolo uh, Gentiloni. Uh, the two to three December 2017 Congress of FDL in Trieste saw the re-election of Maloney as president of the party, as well as renewal of party logo and the joining of Daniela Santacci, a longtime right-wing politician. So again, you know, looks like she's got some, some cred there, right? All right, let's go here. So many of you know that I have followed um, the Aspen Institute for quite a while and really came upon kind of a, a mother load of um, information when I looked at the last um, Aspen Ideas Festival just before COVID hit. And when I went through that list of attendees, it was mind-blowing, uh, absolutely mind-blowing. One of the attendees was Alicia Garza, a Black Lives Matter. And then you had 
a whole boatload of attendees that were from the Minneapolis area. Now, remember, this was the last in-person Aspen Ideas get-together that they had prior to COVID and George Floyd. So there were a whole host of uh, people from the Minneapolis, St. Paul area that had to deal with things like infrastructure, power, local governance. It was quite fascinating to see everybody that was involved there during that meeting. And also what came out of that was the, uh, was the fellowships, right? Certain groups or foundations or corporations um, would send people there on these fellowships. And one of them was the Chick-fil-A fellowship. So every year Chick-fil-A sends five people to this event and Chick-fil-A and the Aspen Institute ideologically could not be, I mean, if you're just looking at Chick-fil-A from the Chick-fil-A standard, right? It couldn't be, they could be more ideologically disparate. And yet Chick-fil-A is funneling its people into Aspen and the Aspen Institute is uh, essentially a think tank for globalism. That's what it is. So apparently, uh, Miss Maloney, just go in here, zoom in a little bit, um, is a junior fellow with the Aspen Institute. So how do we know that? Well, let me take you into the page. So this is um, the Junior Fellows page. So this is the Aspen Institute, essentially having its um, footprint in Italy. And who do we see right here? We see Georgia Maloney and Francesco Lapardi, uh, Detaluti, Detaluti. They're there, they're hanging out. Now, does that mean that she's not trustworthy because she's speaking at Aspen? Who knows? Maybe she's trying to populate her more conservative ideas and uh, germinate the Aspen world with them. So this is Aspen Institute Italia right there. And she's, she's there. She's in it. So who knows? Maybe it's part of being uh, inside the globalist camp. Shall we take a look at the members? Let's see who the members are. We have sustaining members. And we have ordinary members. Let's see who the sustaining members are. Uh, these are, this is all in Italian. And I've put this up here. Let's see if we can find Maloney in the uh, sustaining members part. Uh, looks like these are all 
organizations. So the organizations would send their representatives, right? There's quite a few of them too. The Aspen Institute is a total, it's a network, right? It's a big time network. Let me go back here. So, I mean, our people, let's see our people trying to find a international programs, international affairs, Spania online. So these are all people that are, that are um, employed by the Aspen Institute in Italy. Let's do uh, just a quick search here with Maloney. See what happens. Oh, I gotta, I gotta be able to get into their website. Uh, the Aspen Institute, Germany, France. We know we're in Italy. All right, they're asking for my password. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to try to find some more background on her relationship with the Aspen Institute. You know, I'm not... So we can be of two minds with this, right? One mind is somebody who's a plant. And if you want a plant, like a real plant, you have to have long-term thinking. And the long-term thinking is, is we're going to put this person who goes through all of these um, groups, initiations, protocols, et cetera. So they gain trust. It's kind of like what they did, what the Russians did during the Cold War, you know, they would move people here to the United States and they would speak perfect English and then they would have jobs where they would infiltrate and they would, you know, deal with the government and um, essentially gain trust and access to things they wouldn't normally have trust and access to if they weren't part of the socialization. But one of the interesting things about that TV series, The Americans, which is really good, is how the Russians become assimilated or the communists become assimilated into American life. I mean, that's part of the story. You know, they begin to lose their identity. I mean, you see this with like um, films like Donnie Brasco, where the Johnny Depp character, who's a cop, winds up bonding with... Uh, Al Pacino and the rest of his, his mob buddies, because, you know, they're real people and loyal and there's this convergence of conscience and crisis that takes place. So who knows? I mean, you know, maybe she starts off and again, this is all just speculation here. Cause I don't, we're trying to piece together who she is, where she comes from. Um, I'm always suspicious. I'm always suspicious of somebody just, it's not like she popped out of nowhere. I mean, she's been, you know, beating this path for a while. I mean, we saw, we saw her, um, 
bio, right? So she's had conservative legs for quite a while and has been consistent with most things. Most things. I'll show you a video here where she's not real consistent. And I've made sure that the, uh, the translation is correct because I went through some of the comments around this and somebody who actually speaks Italian was able to uh, affirm that the translation is correct. Oh, this woman, Jesus. What a piece of work that woman is. Okay, so here we go. This is um, this is her a year and a half ago, and I'm going to put my headphones on. Um, and this is her basically stumping for green passports, which allow freedom of movement and access for the people of Italy and Europe. So let's see what she has to say about this. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's going to be in Italian. So if you're watching, you'll be able to see the uh, subtitles. If you're listening, well, I'll try to go over them for you. Georgia Maloney, the digital green certificate. We were the first to support it. We hope they'll be adopted as soon as possible in a horizon of total reciprocity with all the other European states. It is a priority. I obviously want to say goodbye to all vaccinators. This is what she says. So I am translating it for you ahead of time. But let's, uh, let's blow up the window here. 33, oh, 33 seconds, interesting, of her... Uh, her support for the green, the green vaccine program. What happened? Oh. Here we go. Certificato Io voglio ovviamente salutare e vado alla conclusione ai rappresentanti, i rappresentanti delle eh, professioni sanitarie, come sapete Fratelli d'Italia è stata favorevole allo scudo penale per i sanitari, i medici e per tutti i vaccinatori. Penso ad esempio al tema del certificato verde digitale, siamo stati i primi a sostenerlo, ci auguriamo che venga adottato il prima possibile in un orizzonte di eh, totale reciprocità con tutti gli altri stati europei. È una priorità ed è fondamentale per ripristinare la libertà di circolazione e far ripartire soprattutto il turismo. Io voglio ovviamente salutare e vado alla conclusione ai rappresentanti, i rappresentanti delle eh, professioni sanitarie, come sapete Fratelli d'Italia è stata favorevole allo scudo penale per i sanitari, i medici e per tutti i vaccinatori. Penso ad esempio al tema del certificato. So it seems like what she's saying here is that she wants to adopt the green passport. That was a year and a half ago, by the way. She wants to adopt the green passport for Italy and for all of Europe so people can have liberty of movement. And I do not know what the green passport entails. Let's, um, let's check it out. 
So this is what she's um, promoting. Now, I don't know how she deals with the cognitive dissonance of the message here, but this is, this is the, the core reality, the green passport. The digital green certificate will facilitate safe and free movement during the COVID-19 pandemic uh, within the EU. A digital green certificate will be proof that a person has been vaccinated against COVID-19, has received a negative test result, or is recovered from COVID-19 that can be used across all EU member states. So maybe she's leaning into the recovery part. Um, it can also be introduced in Iceland, Liechtenstein, Norway, as well as Switzerland. The digital green certificate will also be open to initiatives being developed globally. General, what are the main elements of the proposal? So this is the main elements the digital green certificate system covers three different types of COVID-19 certificates, a vaccination certificate, a test certificate, and a certificate of recovery. They can be issued and used in all EU member states to facilitate free movement. All EU citizens and their family members, as well as non-EU nationals staying or residing in the member states and who have the right to travel to other member states would be eligible to receive them free of charge. The certificate should only include a minimum set of information necessary to confirm and verify the holder's vaccination, testing, or recovery status. Being vaccinated will not be a precondition to travel. All EU citizens have a fundamental right to free movement in the EU, and this applies regardless of whether they are vaccinated or not. The same principle applies to the rights of non-EU nationals. Staying or residing in the EU member states who have the right to travel to other member states, the digital green certificate will make it easier to exercise that right, although testing, also through testing and recovery certificates, how it would help facilitate safe free movement. The digital green certificate can serve as proof of vaccination, testing, and recovery in order to waive restrictions to free movement to put in place in a member state on public health grounds, such as testing or quarantine requirements if a member state accepts proof of vaccination to waive restrictions to free movement, they'll have to accept proof of vaccination issued by another member state in relation to vaccines, which have received EU market authorization. So I think what that means is that uh, if France, which is an EU member, says you got to be vaccinated in order to travel into France, that means that even if you don't have to be vaccinated to travel, say, to Portugal, um, you're going to have to be vaccinated to go to France if you're from Italy. Seems pretty fundamental, right? So there's, there's no universal uh, platform for travel and liberty of movement. Uh, let's see. Member states will have the option to extend this to travelers who receive other vaccines. So it's not just for COVID-19. The devil's in the details here. When traveling, every digital green certificate holder will have the same rights as citizens of a visited member state who have been vaccinated, tested, or recovered. If a member state 
continues to require holders of a digital green certificate to quarantine or test, it must notify the commission and all other member states provide reasons for such measures. How do you ensure that non-vaccinated people are not discriminated against when exercising their free movement right? To ensure that the right to free movement in the EU is respected and that there is no discrimination against individuals who are not vaccinated, the commission proposes to create not only an interoperable vaccination certificate, but also COVID-19 test certificates and certificates for persons who've recovered from COVID-19. In this way, as many persons as possible should be able to benefit from a digital green certificate when traveling. Now, the pernicious part of this, right, you might say, well, that's great. Um, If you have a test where you have proven to not have COVID-19, you're good. But what about the test? I mean, first of all, we know that the nasal swab up into the um, lower part of the uh, upper part of the nasal cavity, which is probably the thinnest area of the brain blood barrier um, portion of your skull, seems to be penetrated uh, by the deep swab, which has any number of, of uh, things associated with it or attached to it that we've seen, some of which looks a lot like uh, nanoparticulates and little hyper-intelligent you know, agents that can crawl up into your brain through the brain-blood barrier as if the vapor of geoengineering isn't enough. But not only that, they're able to then take your uh, genetic material and then use your genetic material for whatever purpose they deem appropriate. Now, there may be less invasive procedures, but it's still going to scrape your genetic material. So even if you do not want to get a vaccine, you're still consenting to having your genetic material captured. That's at the best. At the worst, you're having something inserted into your system that you do not consent for, right? So there's that. Um, And then you have to recover, right? So you can have proof of recovery. Well, how do you have proof of recovery? You have to go, you have to have another test. Generally, unless you have a doctor who can rubber stamp, oh, looks like you're good. I don't know how that translates into uh, proof of health for the green certificate. Let's keep going here. Uh, the proposal is clear that the digital green certificate is to facilitate free movement inside the EU. It will not be a precondition to free movement. Persons who are not vaccinated must be able to exercise their free movement, right? So we know that. So there's also the quarantine aspect. So if you quarantine, which is not free movement, by the way, you're being placed in a situation where you're isolated and then you still have to test to prove that you don't have the thing. All right, let's go with this, go a little bit deeper here. Uh, Does the introduction of the green digital green certificate mean member states will need to reintroduce controls at internal borders to check certificates? Not at all. The digital green certificate aims to facilitate free movement within the EU 
and the easing of current restrictions, not to restrict the rights to free movement and the right to travel. The verification of the certificates cannot as such justify the temporary reintroduction of border controls and internal borders. As such, controls are not necessary for member states to implement the digital green certificate. So what does that mean? Well, it means if it's on your phone, they don't need somebody at the border to check you because it's on your phone and your phone follows you, right? This is what happens here. Okay, let's keep going. Is that it? Or we have more. There's got to be more. Um, how will the format of the digital green certificate look like? The certificates will be issued in digital format so they can be shown on a smartphone or on paper, depending on the preference of its holder. The certificates will contain an interoperable machine-readable QR code containing necessary key data as well as a digital signature. The QR code is used to securely verify authenticity, integrity, and validity of the certificate. To improve cross-border acceptance, the information of the certificate should be written in the languages of the issuing member state and English. So you got to have a QR code. Each issuing body, hospital, test center, health authority has its own digital signature. All of these are stored in a secure database in each country. The European Commission will build a gateway. Through this gateway, all certificate signatures will be verified across the EU. So that's why they don't need a checkpoint at the border. They'll have a digital gateway. So it'll be ubiquitous. Uh, which app vaccines will be accepted. So we have that, right? It's all there. Um, come on, let me close this. So this goes on PCR for how long? Um, of course, the certificates will be free of charge. Free of charge. All right. So essentially what uh, Ms. Maloney is advocating is for people to accept this. And I don't think your position has changed. Now, remember, this is not somebody who became red-pilled overnight. This person has a long history going back to college where she has had her feet firmly planted on conservative territory. In fact, so conservative, she's been branded a fascist. And yet, she's advocating the use of a green passport for the EU so that you can travel. Now, she did say goodbye to all vaccinators, but she did not say goodbye to all testers, uh, nor all um, incubators, right? People who have to uh, be put into quarantine, quarantiners. That's not there. So she, again, is, is this a model of convenience so that they can get on with their lives uh, restart their tourism. Now, a true nationalist would say, we want out of the fucking EU. That's what a true nationalist would do. She would not accept and embrace the EU's terms and conditions, period, end of story. Now, it sounds, she's 
a political animal, right? She's a political animal. So she may do that. She's been in politics for a long time. She is a Capricorn and Capricorns know how to play the political game. So maybe this is part of it. But at what point does a person wind up compromising themselves in order to facilitate freedom of movement and commerce? And at what point do they sell themselves out for the convenience of the platform or the program? And if that's true, have they always been that way? Are they looking past their political or conservative roots? Were they groomed ultimately to be a globalist? So we don't really know the answer to that, but we do know that she is or has spoken at the Aspen Institute and a fellow, possibly a fellow of the Aspen Institute in Italy. I'll have more on that tomorrow. I'll do a little deeper digging. And the Aspen Institute is globalist at its core. Hell, Jordan Peterson has been to the uh, Aspen Institute of Ideas. And no matter what you say about Jordan, no matter what Jordan Peterson fronts, he's a globalist. He is a globalist. He took two shots in order to travel. That's being a globalist, right? He's not a nationalist. A real nationalist would say, fuck you. You know, I'm not, I don't need to travel. I'll stay within the borders of Canada and I'll do everything that I can not to support this system. That's not what he did. And there's a lot of controversy around Jordan, Jordan Peterson when it comes to uh, his participation with the UN. He helped the UN on some language and terminology when it came to climate change, which is interesting. Now, he said he did it for free. So that gets him off the hook, right? Oh, you bring it up, you know, to the uh, Peterson fanboys and fangirls. Oh, he did it for free. He did it for free. So therefore, it's pure. It's untainted. Well, he still did the work, whether it was for pay or for free, right? He, and it, who was it? Was he trying to clarify the language so that? Climate change wouldn't be as pernicious. Was he kind of behind the enemy's gates? I don't know. I haven't, I don't know what his edits were. Like nobody really knows, but he, but he did. He worked for the UN and he worked on editing documents for climate change. By the way, that's one area, if I'm not mistaken, Jordan Peterson doesn't say a lot about, he doesn't really say a lot about climate change. I think he's a globalist. I think I think Jordan Peterson is uh, he's in on it. He has some good things to say. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. You know his his ideas around, especially for young men, to find structure, order, and purpose in their lives. I think is important. That's about as far as I go with Jordan Peterson. After that, sayonara. Um, yeah, Aspen Institute, right? So we'll have more on that tomorrow and we'll look into uh, more of the EU tomorrow because there seems to be um, a lot of chaos and disorder, particularly with Germany, particularly with the uh, the two pipelines 
um, coming into Germany with uh, gas and uh, fuel, natural gas, refined gas, right? These two Nord Stream lines seem to have been shut off by the U.S. So there's, there is a theory now, and I've been kind of tracking this, and I think Craig and I talked about this on Friday, that uh, it looks like the U.S. is actually at war with the EU. This is what this is what it appears to be, but then the EU is kind of co-signing on their own um, gen genocidal um, contract and agreement. It's weird, but the United States is not looking very good here, and that's all intentional, right? This whole thing is being run now by the neocons. Where the neocons went in, they flipped Ukraine, right? They're there again, right now. Uh, they were very prominent and prevalent during the Bush administration, during the Obama administration. They basically took a hike during the Trump administration. Now they're back again with a vengeance. You know, there's no there's no coincidence that all of a sudden uh, we're knocking on the door of World War III. It might already be in it. And the neocons are deeply embedded once again in the whole process. And who did Jordan Peterson interview? Is it Robert Kagan? Right. So, or Fred, I think it was Fred. I think, he, I think he interviewed Fred Kagan. So here we go. We've come full circle. So we'll take a look at that tomorrow. We'll take a look, a deeper look at uh, the crisis of the EU or the people in Europe. And I don't like the EU, right? But I don't want the people in Europe to have to suffer um, because their, their system is under attack. And it certainly looks like it is. It's not a great system. So we'll try to look at that tomorrow, sort of the, you know, the pros and cons of what's going on um, in the EU and in these European countries, which really seem to be in the crosshairs at the moment. So we'll keep our eye on that. Um, we'll also take a look further at uh, Tropical Storm Ian tomorrow. Um, and it seems like it's being uh, cranked up, generated, right? I think it's a uh, Cat 5 now. I don't know where it's going to go. If it goes down to a Cat 4, uh, we're talking just heavy-duty monsoon-like rains. So we'll keep our eye on Ian, and then we'll return for some more digging and diving. Maybe we'll look at the chart of Georgia Maloney tomorrow. So for all of you astrological heads out there, we'll, we'll see what she's got on the, uh, on the wheel. All right. I think we're good for today. Uh, from myself and my buddy here, the ultimate wing cat, Jasper the Astro Cat, we're signing off. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to step on what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix, and you are you. And uh, together, we're all the face of God. Remember that. Even Jasper. He's the furry, fuzzy face of God. All right, take care. Have a great day. We'll see you all tomorrow. Bye for now.